So great to have you here. Wow. I love this. I, uh, I have been meeting so many new people. It's just wonderful. Some of you are from out of state and you're looking for a church and all that and getting settled in here in northern Colorado. It's a great place to live. So we're happy to have you and thank you for checking out Timberline. Uh, we call this our living room. It's sort of where we talk about real life and we have real emotion in here and we, we talk about the hard stuff and the good stuff and all of it. But if you are new, you are welcome to our family because that's what we are really, just a big family. And we would love to have um, your name and information that you can request. We don't bug people with this stuff, but we give you an opportunity to sign up for the stuff you want uh, to receive. You can do that. There's in front of you in the chair back, there's a, a connection card has a QR code on it if you want to do the tech route with your phone, or you can just fill this information in, drop it in that black box when you go out today. But we just want to get to know you. That's it. So let us do that. I have some really good news about several really big things happening. Always in the beginning of the year, we just get a plethora of ministry ideas and new things that are happening. And so I don't want to just be like a talking billboard up here, but I really need you to hear what's happening. So after this service today from 11 to 1, we have set up up in the second level in the mezzanine area up above that mall area. You can go up the stairs or catch the elevator. Um, it's a group, it's, it's sort of a community group culture thing that we're doing. So we have over 50 groups represented. Now these groups, some are Bible studies, some are sports groups, uh, you know, from volleyball to bicycling to, you know, hobbies. There's a foodie group. Do you know what a foodie group is? I, I wasn't real sure. It's just people who like food, so I'm going to that one. And uh, so it's stuff like that. So there's, there's leaders up there, and you'll get a whole big uh, pad with all the numbers assigned to the tables with the name of each group. So it's very simple. It's super organized. The things you have an interest in on the paper you're going to get when you go up there you can just coordinate it to the table 27 and go over there and talk to somebody. So you might be interested in seven or eight groups and come out of here with a lot of new friends. So after church today, get up there, walk around, hang out. It's just a walkthrough kind of thing, okay? So do that. And then I gotta tell you, um, Wednesday night kicks off a very incredible night with uh, Pastor Brent leading the way. We've decided to tackle a bunch of stuff and it's called Culture Wars and Christian Ethics. And we're going to talk about what the Bible says about race, about gender, about sexuality, politics, and more. So like we've said, we don't run away from the hard stuff. So Wednesday night, if you have an interest in some of this stuff, uh, we want you to be there. And it will stretch your mind. It will help you. It will encourage you. I'm looking forward to that. Um, and, then, and then, of course, next Sunday, a week from today, if you're new to Timberline, really listen to this. My wife, Bonnie, and I want to invite you to Summit One. Summit One is just the orientation of Timberline, who we are, where we're going, what we do, our vision. We'll give you a, a, a little notebook and walk you through our history, and it's fun. We laugh a lot, and how this church has changed through the years, and God's touch is on it. And so uh, we'll feed you, bring the kids. We have a nice pizza dinner right after the last service next Sunday, and then we'll keep you around for about an hour uh, after we eat. And it's a fun time. So hopefully you can plan on all that. Well, we kick off a new series. Um, I'm doing Follow the Nudge today, part two. But next week, 
Read the book of Mark. Start with the first chapter and just read the first chapter of Mark every day this week, okay? It's very short, won't take you very long, and you'll be ready to go next weekend. Hope, help, and healing, the book of Mark. So here we go. Now here's what, if you were not here last weekend, I'm not gonna take the time to like catch you up on everything. Go listen to it online if you want to. But we're talking about the nudge of the Holy Spirit. Does God talk to you? Some people say, the guy say today, well, he talks to others, but he doesn't talk to me. God wants to talk to you. God wants to nudge you by his spirit. And it can get complicated because we all are open to, but I, I invited you last weekend to sort of join me in my struggle about this. Because even as a pastor, as much as I love God and love people and, and feel a mantle of leadership on my life, I still struggle with when is it God really talking to me about something? When is it just me? Or when is it just me wanting to please someone else who wants a certain thing? And, and where is God in the mix of all of that? So I, I want to say this very clearly. Following the nudge and listening to the Holy Spirit doesn't have to be spooky. You know what I mean? I've, I've had, believe me, as a pastor, I, I had, I, oh, I don't even know how much of this I should say, but people who literally will be talking to me, you know, I'm, I'm visiting, I'm coming through, and God sent me to this place today to give you a message. Oh, hang on, he's talking to me. Oh, you want me to tell him that? Okay. Okay, here's what I'm supposed to tell you. And I go, here, tell them, I'm leaving. <laughs> so I have to be really careful about this stuff, but I want you to know it doesn't have to be spooky. Now, the book of Acts, which is, I talked last week, that hinge between the Gospels and all the epistles, it's where so much of this stuff happened. The Holy Spirit came on the church, and people started walking in the Spirit, listening to the Spirit. And you have these things in the book of Acts like the Spirit said to them, or they set apart Paul and Barnabas for this, and the Spirit said, go down to this road. The Spirit said, here, take that. And, and all of a sudden, it's the Holy Spirit who's leading the new church, and Jesus is gone now. The Holy Spirit is here. It's the, it's the time where we are living. And so there is the Holy Spirit of God which talks to us. So I'm gonna read to you and walk you through a story in the book of Acts that is one of the most classic Holy Spirit told me stories. And if they were all like this, we would have no problem at all. Because it's, it's a guy named Philip. And this is the easiest thing that he was called to do. And I'm telling you, it's not always this easy. But I want to I show you what it could look like and what it did look like for Philip. If you have a Bible, it's in Acts chapter 8. Follow along or on your app, it'll be on the screen. But it starts in verse 26. As for Philip, an angel of the Lord said to him, <laughs> should we just stop there? How, how did that happen? Well, an angel of the Lord said to him, how? Was it like a voice out of the sky? Was it just like, did someone walk up with big wings and said, hey, I'm supposed to tell you something? I'm an angel, you know, from heaven. I've been flying for four days to get here, you know. I mean, 
we, we read this stuff and we don't think about, as for Philip, an angel of the Lord said to him, how, how did that go south down the desert road that runs from Jerusalem to Gaza? That's a real road. He knew where it was. And the angel said, go there. I personally think, and by understanding, and it's limited, you can think whatever you want, I think this is an impression on Philip's mind and a surge of the Holy Spirit in him where he knows he's supposed to do this. And it's very specific, and he's listening to the nudge. And he decides to follow the nudge. I think if you'd been standing next to him, you would not have heard the voice come out of heaven. That's just my feeling. Because that just doesn't hardly ever happen. It's happened, but I think he's discerning the voice of God and the voice in his mind said, go over there to that road between Jerusalem and Gaza. Now that's pretty specific. I like it so far. I like it when God's specific with me. Do you? I'll do it. If I know what to do, I'll do it. So it gets even better. Verse 27, so he started out and he met the treasurer of Ethiopia. This is a eunuch of great authority under the Candake, the queen of Ethiopia. The eunuch had gone to Jerusalem to worship and he was now returning. He was seated in his carriage and he was reading aloud from the book of the prophet Isaiah. So all this is happening. Philip gets this message, this nudge, go down to the street. I need you there. He doesn't know why. He gets there. He sees this eunuch in this carriage. How many of you say that's pretty good timing? God knows more than I do about his timing. And then verse 29, the Holy Spirit said to Philip, <laughs> we have to stop again. How? The Holy Spirit said to Philip, again, I believe it's an impression on his mind. He can't get rid of it. Go over and walk along beside the carriage. It's just random. He's, as far as we know, he's just by himself. Go walk next to that carriage. He, he knows nothing about the guy in the carriage or the carriage. And then verse 30. Philip ran. So he knows this is the spirit. Philip ran over and he heard the man reading from the prophet Isaiah. And he's reading out loud. And Philip asked, do you understand what you are reading? The man replied, how can I unless someone instructs me? Hop up here, buddy. Let's take a little ride in the carriage. <laughs> what? This never happens for me. How about you? I mean, I, I'm called to this str one street. Go, go walk next to this carriage. I hear this guy reading from Isaiah, and he's reading the part in Isaiah that's prophetic about Jesus, the lamb that would be slain, coming to slaughter, and he's going to die for the sins of the world. And he doesn't understand what he's reading. And, oh, Philip just happens to be there. Do you understand what you're reading? No, come on up. Could you tell me? Uh, yes, I could. A couple things that I, that I want to say about this story. I love the fact that Philip was just being obedient. He's not special. There's not a special anointing on him. He's a normal guy, just like you and me. God uses ordinary 
people all the time. So you're on the list and you're a candidate to follow the nudge of the Holy Spirit. I want you to get that, okay? You gotta believe that because you are. Another thing that's very important in this story is that how did Philip, how did Philip approach this eunuch? Did he say, I am a messenger sent by God and I'm gonna lead you to the way of truth. You're lucky I'm here. No. You know what he did? He asked a question. Do you understand what you're reading? No, I don't. I'd, I'd sure like to have someone help me. Do you, do you understand? Yeah, come on up. Let's take a ride. See, one of the best things you can do is to not be a Christian who knows everything about everything. I get so annoyed at Christians that think they know everything about everything. And as a matter of fact, it's usually those Christians who are answering questions that nobody is asking. It's annoying. Well, I've studied this out and I'll tell you what my findings are. And all they do, all they want to do is talk. All they want to do is show you how smart they are. Don't do that. Ask a question. Get that other person talking. Eunuch says, I don't know. I don't understand. That's why at Timberline we constantly say, if God leads you into a discussion, say to that person, tell me about that. Just a couple weeks ago I said to someone, what, what led you to form these opinions about this particular belief system that you're following now? And boy, they just talked to me. I, I didn't say, this is ridiculous what you're doing. Let me prove you wrong. I just said, tell me what happened in your heart. Tell me why you chose this path. And they talked. And that's what we want. We want to get people talk. God's not going to send you to someone to shut them down. He's sending you there to open them up. And that's what Philip did. Who knows how long they, they were talking. I believe a long time. And so finally, we see that Philip let this guy talk. Who knows? They're riding for a long ways. And finally, they come to water. You can read the rest of this story. I'm not going any farther in it. I'm going to shift gears in a second. But they come to this place where there's water, and Philip says, oh, you've made a decision to follow Christ. Now you can be baptized. The eunuch says, great, let's do it. They get down off the carriage. They go into the water. Philip baptizes him. They come up out of the water. And what happens to Philip? Do you guys remember this story? He's abducted. He's, he's translated up north. I mean, he's like, he's, he's moved. The spirit moves him, his body. I don't understand how it happened, but the eunuch is suddenly alone. And Philip is uh, caught a bus, the Holy Spirit bus somewhere up north, and that's how the story goes. And then the eunuch said, well, I'm guessing that the eunuch probably thought it was some kind of an angel or something, I don't know, but he disappeared, Philip disappeared. That's pretty big. I don't think I want that to happen to me, but you know, I'm willing if God wants it to happen to me. So let me get really practical. How does God nudge us? So the heart of the outline is some really practical things in light of last week looking at the fact that he does nudge us. So we know we're in that realm of the Holy Spirit working through his church. 
How might that happen? I'm a practical guy, you know that. So I've, I have six or seven things in your outline that are very practical about how it might happen for you. Now, I've gotta say, these are not like Bible formatted, the seven list, okay? I had 14 on this list when I started, but I did not want to wear you out, okay? Say thank you. Yeah, so, so here's where we go. Here's where we go with this. The ways that God nudges us. Number one, for me, the first one, and these aren't in priority, but truth coming from Scripture. That is the number one way that I get nudged by the Holy Spirit. Do not lie. Okay, no more lies. Do not commit adultery. Do not, these are, these are absolutes in scripture. The list could go on and on of things that we're not supposed to do. So I'm not gonna gossip in my life. I'm, I'm not gonna. And so I read it in scripture. It's very easy. I make a decision. The Holy Spirit nudges me. Sometimes it's, it's more of a discerning thing. Go to that person, make it right, do whatever. Scripture can tell us that stuff. Number two. Known or unknown people in your life just might have a message for you. I'll, I'll tell you that for me, this is 95% known people. I have dear friends that aren't afraid to tackle me if I'm running the wrong way, and I'm, I'm appreciative of that. And I have some very close friends that, I mean, my best friend is my wife, Bonnie, and I promise you, She's been used by God more in my life than any other human being on this earth. I really respect her. And when I have an idea or I'm struggling with something and I bring it to her, she really helps me. And the, and the Holy Spirit really uses her to, 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 as a voice of reason uh, in my life. But then I have other friends like on our teaching team with both and Lucas and people who I've been around a lot in my life and they know me really well. And, and man, when God puts something on their heart for me or there's something that needs to happen or I run it by them and they go, yeah, I think this could be God, you know, then I, I really listen. But every now and then I get that unknown somebody who walks up to me and says, you know, you don't know me, but I have a message from God for you. <laughs> I told you about them earlier, right? And I always brace myself a little bit for those. But I have on occasion had people really say profound things to me that I know were God sent in that moment. And they followed the nudge. And they were very bold to do it. And I've thanked them and appreciated it. Other times I've just said thank you and moved on. Because I knew and I discerned that it wasn't a message truly from God. It was a message from them and their desire for me, right? So we have to have our own discernment, but I think this person might be an unexpected person that you really don't want to hear from, but they have just a little nugget of truth for you that you do need to hear. So eat the meat, leave the bones. Fair? Okay. Where are we? Number three? You start to feel a commitment to a cause. Now this is where your psyche how God wired you, the way you think, your emotional life and stability start to really engage with the Holy Spirit. Because you sort of start to have this something when you hear about this, you go, oh man, I'm, I'm interested in that. Like, 
that, that's an important thing. Don't you think that's an important thing? Yeah, it's okay. No, it's more important than okay. And, and every ministry in our church at Timberline started with someone who felt a need from the Holy Spirit to care about this cause. Orphans matter, widows matter. We need to help people who are, are getting wiped out by floods. We need, the list goes on and on. Every ministry in a church starts with someone who feels a commitment to a cause. And they go, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do something about this. And it's the nudge, it's the nudge of the Holy Spirit. And they, they figure it out, they study it out. They, they get more engaged and they really do care. Number four. And these are similar, a lot of them are similar. A strong sense of needing to respond to a situation. A strong sense of needing to respond to a situation. In other words, I can't just know about this, I have to do something about it. Now, I don't need a nudge from the Holy Spirit to pick up a piece of trash when I'm walking into the church from the parking lot. I really don't. I will see that it's a need and I will pick it up. Right? That's not a nudge from the Holy Spirit. But there are other times when I see a need and I have a strong sense that I need to respond to this situation. And, and it might even be scary for me, but I need to respond. Let me ask you this question. Why did David fight Goliath? Was it, was it to show how cool he was as a soldier? Was he like, I'm pretty good with this slingshot, boys, watch this? No. He, he was moved, he was moved by something way more. He knew that he needed to respond. He goes to the, to the soldiers and even his brothers and he's like, what are you doing? This guy is defying the God of Israel. Do you hear what he's saying? Yeah, yeah, it's been happening for days. You're just a kid. Get out of here. No, this is not okay. Sorry. He goes to King Saul. How come no one's fighting this guy? He's defying my God. You want to fight him? Yeah. <laughs> it's like put on my armor and it's like huge. And he's like takes off this armor and says, man, I got a slingshot. That's all I need. The Bible says he runs toward Goliath. He's not running to prove how athletic he is. He's, he's feeling a need to respond because of the defiance in the Philistines against the God of Israel. And that's not okay. And I'm gonna do something about it. Might cost me my life, but I'm going all in. That's the passion of the Holy Spirit. That's the God card. And you guys, we need that at times in our lives or we'll never activate that step of faith that takes us to say to that mountain, be removed. So I believe in this. Number five is an unexpected idea comes to mind. An unexpected idea comes to mind. I have had things in leading this church for so many years with others, of course, where God dropped things in my brain that I would have never, ever been able to think of on my own, ever. They were divine thoughts. Very humbly, because I'm, I'm not much of a guy who can handle that from God, but I think sometimes I would just wake up with an idea. And, and I don't know how God does that, but many of those ideas have come to pass. And 
you need to be thinking, what are the ideas God's putting in me that I could never think of on my own? And you might have some random thought. I need to text that person. I need to, I need to sit down with my, my kids or my child or my husband or my wife. I need, to, I need to convey this to somebody, whatever it is. It could be an idea that you would have never dreamed you would be talking about. Take someone for coffee. Whatever it is, just don't be afraid of an unexpected idea. God shows up with unexpected ideas all the time. And then number six is really a big one that, that can happen to any of us, but it's extreme or abnormal emotion about a situation where I, I'm just overloaded with a trait of God. How many of you know the Holy Spirit can pour empathy on you? You know, you see a situation and you just go, oh man, oh, I've got to, stop the car, stop the car. I got to, I got to help with this. And, and you normally wouldn't, but something in this situation, you know, the best I can describe this is when Bonnie, my wife, started You Count Campaign, anti-sex trafficking. Guys, thank you for your, your ministry through the years, these girls that have been saved, hundreds of them. And I, she said, we need to go to India. And I was like, nope. <laughs> I'm a very sensitive guy when it comes to emotions. And, and first of all, I wasn't sure this was really happening at the level she was telling me it was. I believed her, but I just couldn't get my head around this. This was before the movie Taken, and this is way back. No one even was talking about it. And <clears throat> when we drove up to a brothel in Kolkata, and I saw these little girls lined up out front. And $2, you just take them to a room and do whatever you want to them. <laughs> I blew up. Like my emotions blew up. I started weeping. I was so angry. <laughs> I, I said to our driver, I'm going in there. I'm going to get all those girls out of there. Where's my gun? Where's my rifles? Where's my machine gun? <laughs> I'm going in. <laughs> I was overwhelmed. And, and I, I knew that this would not be something that I could mentally handle. And, and anyway, the, the story is that God used Bonnie and now Greg and Vicki Dix and many of you, uh, a whole team of people who are building centers and getting these girls out of there. And all these cool things have happened. But I was so overwhelmed emotion. So don't be afraid when you see a situation. It could be, you know, you pass these people on the street holding a sign. You might pass 10 of them, but you might feel something really significant the next one you pass. And you might go, I'm not going to be insensitive to that. God's talking to me about taking that person something. Whatever it is, I don't want to lose our sensitivity, becoming, what do they say, desensitized, so that everyone's the same. No two people are the same, and everyone's story is uniquely different. Amen? Is that true of you? It is, and it's true of me. So, number seven, a need to be responsible with what I have been given. This is a big one. A need to be responsible with what I have been given. So, what gifts do you have that God can use that someone else may not have? Some of you have been trained in CPR. Some of you are medical doctors. Some, I was on a plane a while back when over the PA system, they said, do we have a doctor on board? We could use some help with 
was something that's happened. And I saw a man stand up in the back and come forward, and I don't know, they didn't say anything else about it, but that person had gifts and talents and abilities that they were trained in that could help in that situation. And it might be that that's not following the nudge. Anyone might be able to do that, but what if there's a set of gifts that are required for you to make a difference and the Holy Spirit nudges you and says, you can take care of that problem. And you go, well, maybe I'm not invited in or maybe, here's what Jesus said about it. Luke 12, he's teaching verse 48. Now let's listen. But someone who does not know and then does something wrong will be punished only lightly. But someone who has been given much, much will be required in return. Here's this idea that when someone has been entrusted with much, even more is going to be required. I've been given a lot. Have you been given a lot? Yes, we have been given a lot by the standards of the world. Wow. And so I don't want to just stand before God and say, well, I just didn't have time. No, I know. I know that when I stand before God, I want to have given my all. Because I don't own anything. It's God's. And I want to live like that and use it in a way that honors him in every way possible. Now, that's the outline part. You don't have to fill out anything else. So I want to wrap up with just some strong thoughts about how I think you can make this happen in your life. Because it's about your brain. I'm not going to follow the nudge unless I have a healthy mind. And getting a healthy mind in this culture today is a lot of work. A lot of work, I'm telling you. And so, lean in just a little bit for these last few minutes. So, let me illustrate it like this. So, this is a cup of water. It's pretty full. And you can look at this in in one of two ways. There's water in this cup, so if I bump it, what does it spill out? Water. If it had Coke in it, what would spill out? Coke. If it had poison in it, what would it spill out? Poison. This is kind of like us. If you fill your life with the grace of God and, and your brain is healthy, when you get bumped, good stuff comes out of you. You offer grace, you offer mercy. But have you ever seen someone get bumped who has anger inside? Rage? Lust? Greed? This, this list goes on and on, and it's pretty bad. When they get bumped, all the bad stuff comes out. And you're going to get bumped in life. And this is where having a clean mind, body, soul, and spirit before God is very, very important. Because... Let's just say, that, that's that metaphor right there. Let's leave that one there. Let me use a new metaphor. Let's say you get your mind cleaned up and you really are living for the Lord. You're following the nudge. But man, you've been blessed. And you have so many blessings in your life. As a matter of fact, it's almost like, man, God, thank you. You just really topped that up. Man, I have so, I've been given so much. And God says, go down to that road between Jerusalem and Gaza. Oh, that's too far, God. I don't think I can do it. I'll, I'll have to leave what, what I have. 
I like this. I have a good job. I have time. I, I'm, I'm living for me. See the problem? See, God can't even let his spirit nudge us when we're living our lives all about number one. I don't have room. I've been so blessed. And I'm telling you, the nudges of God can become very inconvenient. It took Philip off of his path. Hours, maybe a full day. Think about that. Am I, do I have that in me? Or is my life surrounded by what I want it to be? I can't even listen for those nudges because it's going to take me out of where I want to be. Think about that. So I've been praying, Lord, I want to live on full, but I want to have a bigger cup. <laughs> I, want, I want you to take what I have as full and pour it into something that has a lot of room left in it. And when you say, hey, go down to that street between Jerusalem and Gaza, I want to run. When you say, go walk beside the carriage, I want to run. I want to run to the carriage. I want to run to face Goliath. I don't want to just be saying, oh, I don't know. I can't do it. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I want you to be prepared emotionally, physically. And here's how you're going to do that. And it goes into Philippians 4. And I'm going to wrap up with this. Don't worry about anything. Worry will suck you dry. The stress in your life will end your ability to follow the nudge. It will end it, I promise. That's why this verse is in here. Get rid of stress. Don't worry about it. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for what he's done. Then you will experience God's what? Peace which exceeds anything that you can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. This is the key. I am not capable of following a nudge if I am not living in that zone of peace with God where I can actually hear him. If my life is full of stuff and every minute is taken, I'm not even gonna hear the nudge because it's gonna require space that I'm not offering. Can't do that. I don't have time. I'm on my way. Don't bother me. Don't talk to me. I can't do it. This is the discipline, you guys. This is where it gets really hard because I'm convicted. Because I told you last week, I'm a pretty check it off the list guy every day. I have a purpose for that day. This is hard. But let me read the last verse. Verse 8. And now, brothers and sisters, one thing, fix your thoughts. This is one of those verses, it might be hanging on your wall somewhere in your house. Fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Wow. If I can't fix my thinking, if I don't allow the Holy Spirit to fix my thinking, I have no chance of following the nudge, none. That's why we need a renewed mind, amen? That's why today, let's just, let's just lay it down right here. Let's just say, God, 
I want this renewed mind. I want to have the ability to hear your voice. And I can't do it with all the stress in my life. Let's pray. Lord, thank you. You really do hear us. You really do love us. You really do know us. You have work for us to do. Thank you. I want you to just, with your heads bowed, I want you to just think of the stressful things in your life right now. If it's a person, a family member, money, job, whatever it is, just whatever, sickness, whatever. And I want you to just pretend like there's a tray sitting right up there in front of you, a table. I want you to just put that on that table and say, God, I think I'm going to just hand this over. You know about it. You know the details more than me. I know I have to deal with this. You guys, it's not like you can never deal with it. You've got to deal with some of this stuff. So I'm not unrealistic. But worrying over it and stressing out about it will not help you. It just won't help you. Yes, it's there. I got to get a cast put on my leg. Okay. Well, stressing about it's not going to help me. So do that. Say, God, here it is. I'm willing. You're willing. I give you this financial picture. I don't know what to do. And then let him nudge you as to what you need to be doing with it. And you do your part. Because God wants to be your partner in every decision you make for the rest of your life. That's what God does. It's personal to God. That's why we have the nudges of the Holy Spirit. So try to think like that this week. Just try. Just try to say, God, what What are you saying? Is there something that comes to my mind that I wouldn't have ordinarily thought of here? And try that. Just try that. Lord, we need you and we trust you. We give all these things to you. As you renew our minds, help us to declutter. We are listening because we trust you. In your mighty name, we pray these things. Amen. Amen. Love you guys. Proud of you, man. Let's be a church that is willing to follow the nudge. And let's get real about that. Let's trust God in it. Because he's talking. I just hope we're listening. He's talking. Guarantee you. He's talking. Well, um... We have some um, NFL wild card games going on today. How many of you have a, a, a team that you're cheering for today? How many of you didn't know football was being played today? Could you just come forward for prayer right now? We, we need to rebuke that demon out of you right now. See, that's a perfect example of how different we all are right there. Let's love each other in our differences. And let's cheer one another on because we sure do need it. Amen? This is a great song. We started with it. Stand one more time and let's end with it. <laughs>